Oh yes. So the topic of the day is Bigfoot real. <laughs> but no, for real, for real. Is this foot really that big? Yes, yes, yes. From credible sources I've read and heard and listened to, um, the Bigfoot is definitely real. It was dropped down on the planet, and if you want to look at it, it's like a historian. Bigfoots are historians. Oh, God. They're not designed to hurt anybody. <laughs> There's more than one. A, oh yeah, there's a plural, there's a plural Bigfoot colony. There, so, so it's not what, why, mm-mm, mm-mm. They're 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 dropped off on many planet planets, and they're put many on planets. to. They're like um, they're like they're creating like a, a Noah's Ark of no. Yes, yes. This is a, this is a crazy thing. No, no, no. Listen, listen, listen. The Bigfoots are basically scribes, and they go on the different planets of the of the world by. Their people, and then they catalog all plant life and diverse life on each planet, Ooh, and they sure. put it in their database on their planet <laughs> right, to so store yeah, civilization. Okay. They're like an ark, then that's what they're here for. And the reason why most people get the like, oh my god, why is the you know Bigfoot is like hunting? And because the reason why nobody ever catches Bigfoots is because they have. Transportation. They have like um, you teleport, nigga. Yes. No. Stop. Teleport, bro. 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 The reason why you can't stop. catch them and they're so agile. Well, not only are they large, so they can cover mass distances, mm. but they have teleportation. Oh, teleportation. Yes, they do, bro. <laughs> they're not from this planet. <laughs> I, I can't. Like my brain's gonna hurt. And that. And that. And this. This is why they're so tight. First of all, and God damn. So and and the reason and the and the, the real main reason why people like they be hearing like thumps like they be banging on trees, they don't have no thumps. This is how they communicate. They're like whales and 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 um and elephants. You know have they have loud thumps because they make it deep in their voice. The they have a special type of vocal system that makes it sound like they're hitting on trees, but they're just using their voice. Then they're not knocking on trees. I have a question. And for big people, y'all know exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> I'm just wondering, like, how do you have all of this information if we can't actually get in contact with them? Because we not yeah, so, only so, not so, so, only yeah. are we have we been in contact with so, them. So we so they do like communicate with us. See, the thing about that's that would be a whole nother segment. Okay, maybe we. Should I'm just trying. To, I'm just trying to tell you what they do. <laughs> And why? And then the reason why a lot of people see some and they be like, "Oh, why is this one terrorizing people?" Or blah blah blah, because they are trapped here because something happened. They got injured or they got old or something happened. They lost their teleportation, so they can't teleport back to their. Oh, planet. so you can't teleport at all. So they're stuck on the planet, and then their colony will leave them. Mm-hmm. So they're really resourceful. They're so resourceful they can drop down on any planet and survive in any solar system. But they can't leave. I'm but this out. That's so sad. yeah. But they're gangster like that. And they're not really good with people. They're not really good with other species of anything. They're so like loners. How is it that you have this information and they don't like niggas at all? They don't fuck with us. They're like, I, don't, I ain't trying to talk to you. I, I can teleport. I'm not talking to you. Because <laughs> we have a record. Why, why am I talking to you? Bro, why am I talking to you? <laughs> Not the picture on the phone, y'all. Not the not him coming up the picture on the phone. 
of a big foot. No, wait, 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 wait. He looks like a whole crack. A healthy crack. It. Not the whole blowout. We will be supplying yeah, you these pictures. Not the blowout on the hair. This motherfucking got the perm from the whiz. Yo, on. he got the Malaysian going on. <laughs> but they are they are very they we, we can't catch them. Oh my god! I know you them, can't catch them. We see their footprint because they are. And we see, see them the every day on everything. the ACE drain. Right. We can't get Sometimes them. the J. You look like you was using coconut oil or something, though, because you're. That's smooth skin. I'm accompanied by my beautiful and lovely host, co-host, Robin G, a.k.a. R-A-G, R-A-G, if you feel so inclined. Say hey to the people, Robin. Hello, hello. <laughs> I'm sorry, and I'm still processing I'm all of the information that just... Yo, and we have two special, <laughs> special guests and close friends of mine, both Pratt alum. One has a show currently up at James Fuentes. <laughs> and the title of the show is Black Rose on White Soil. On White Soil. Which is going to tomorrow on the 15th. Jamal Peterman, ladies and gentlemen. And we also have the Mr. Forbes List 30 Under 30 himself, Devin B. Yeah. Johnson, ladies and gentlemen. Say hey to the people. <laughs> We gonna put some claps in there for you. <laughs> please, please. Because um. <laughs> I was like, wait, white, 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 white on black soil. Black soil. <laughs> with the echo, with the echo on. With the echo. And also, like, shout out to our boy uh, Bradley yeah, Ward. Big, big foot on your shirt. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Facts. <laughs> shout out to our boy that's, Bradley that's why Ward, I brought it up, who has an really opening idea. tomorrow at Lewis Lewis Bull, right? Bradley Show. Yeah, Bradley Show. It's called Fieldhouse. And it's open until the, uh, I believe, well, it's open tomorrow, which is on the 16th, on the 15th. So if you're in Detroit, Michigan, go out and check Lewis Bull, Bradley Ward's Fieldhouse. Robin, what will we uh, be talking about today? So, when last we had our good friend Jamal on the show, one of the last things that he, last questions he posed was, what was our life-changing moment? And... I thought it would be interesting for us to kind of dive into that. Yeah, I think if anybody, Jamal, if you don't mind, I know you had mentioned it last mm-hmm. time, but if you want to go back over it, that would be cool. Um, I, hmm, I'm trying to remember what I said. I just know, hmm, I think my life changing moment happened in undergrad, and I really, I just, it was like, I think. I was kind of sad because I had all these talents and I had all these abilities, but I wasn't where I wanted to be. And then I kind of woke up and I was like, I want to be great. I want to be considered the greatest of something of all time, just a great person. 
And I was like, why am I, I kept praying, kept praying. I was like, why am I not there? And I don't understand why I'm not. So I kind of, I woke up this one day and then I, I call it the ground zero. And this is kind of why I call myself baby genius, because in order to gain a new, a, in order to get a download, a download from something that has some power, you have to pretty much start off at zero. And that's like the baby, that's like a baby step. So you kind of like an empty cup vessel that's ready to intake, like a baby. And babies are like sponges. So if you, so pretty much I just said, woke up one day and I was like, I'm not where I want to be. So that means I need to do the opposite of everything I'm doing. It was pretty much that simple. And I started off with small things, how I talk, where I, how I dress, how I move, how I, working out, smoking, drink. It was like, I started, I, do, I just did the opposite. And over time, as I started doing the opposite, my life started to change. And that's when true change started to happen to me. And I like I am here because of that that ground zero effect mm-hmm. that I did. So it was like I just really for me it was just like I just woke up and I wanted to be better than I was, and I couldn't figure out why and or how to do it. And I prayed, and I was like, "Where's the answer?" And then this is it's really just as simple as just doing the opposite of what you're doing, and just try that and start with something small. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that was it for the Red Door Podcast, ladies and gentlemen. I thought it would be longer than that. Uh, thank you for tuning in. <laughs> so you're not going around the table? Oh, yeah, we're going around the table. I was about to ask uh, Devin next. Devin? Oh, me? Our Who next special guest here on the Red Door Podcast. Life-changing moment? Yeah. Okay. Oh, and also, ladies and gentlemen, we will be having what we have tonight uh, as a snack is chips, salsa, and guac. Guac. So this is also a, a ASMR video as well, because if you hear some crunching, just know. Devin, can you get us a little? Yeah. You see what we're doing right here? Thank you. Uh, so yeah, if yeah. you hear any crunching, that's what that we're having. Thank you. That was a snapple. Okay, Devin, your go. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I'm Pete. I'm Victor Robin. Um, Jamal, what's up? <laughs> Jamal, what's up? Um, <laughs> in all seriousness, uh, I think for me, uh, one of the, I guess, life-changing moments it was, you know, when, you, when one meets their threshold for whatever it is, right, for daydreams not syncing up to what it is that your life and your day-to-day actually is, and trying to match up with your daydreams to what you feel that your true life and journey is um, and sometimes you have to ask the hard questions and maybe even turn the mirror onto yourself to say am I doing all that's necessary am I exhausting all that I can do in this body to get me to that point and I remember at the impasse of being 24 I was living in Los Angeles where I'm from I'm born and raised there um, you know and I had just graduated from undergrad maybe it was like two years out of being undergrad and i was doing service industry jobs like instacart and uber about two years like straight out after undergrad and i was curating shows my childhood bedroom was my studio so i was painting in oil with my mom and dad and my brother all in the same place the turpentine smelling up the whole house but i was only getting a couple hundred dollars with these small service gigs It wasn't looking good. At 24, you start to think about, is this going to be my life for the next five years? Am I going to be the 30-year-old that didn't amount to nothing? 
mm-hmm. right? Am I going to be the young, am I going to be the black male that is the statistic of, of course, it's being hard to be a, to be a painter and to make it, right? Mm-hmm. But do I see that being my life? I never really prescribed to that. And so I was at an impasse where I felt like, you know what? I say that I'm doing all these things. I feel like I'm talented and whatnot, but maybe I'm not doing enough. Mm-hmm. For me, it felt like maybe changing my surroundings, maybe changing my my environment. And that was the point that I decided to apply for my master's. I had no, I had no plan at all. I was like, you know what? I got my, I got my, my undergrad and that's it. I got my degree. I did most in the most people, right? And, but for myself and for what I wanted, I felt like maybe I need to go to the next step. And maybe it wasn't necessarily the MFA, but maybe it could be the location, New York City. And I came to learn it wasn't just also New York City, but it was the people that I would meet in New York City. Mm-hmm. Bradley, Princeton, Jamal, yeah. Robin, you know, if you know the names. And the experience has been tacked on from that point. But I believe that the people have to ask themselves the hard questions, even for themselves. Um, if you see that you want to do something and you exhaust all that you feel that you can, ask yourself again, did I do everything? Mm. And even the things that are fearful for yourself, because uh, the MFA thing was was very scary for me. Mm-hmm. I had no idea what was going to happen. And even to gamble on yourself, to go through school for the last time, to get financial aid, to have another round of debt, mm-hmm. right? As being an artist, mm-hmm. you're already kind of signing yourself up for amount of debt that is already a, a six-foot default. So if you trust yourself, Maybe you can get yourself out of there and really be more in alignment to your dreams. Mm. Wow. Yeah. I definitely felt that because I had similar experience, like, compared to both of y'all. Like, not the debt part, like, right? Huh? Not the debt part. <clears throat> the debt? The debt? <laughs> the debt. That was just a fucking... Yeah, okay. but... Um, I'm playing with you. Yeah, I felt, I felt that because my life-changing moment was... It was almost every day of my life where I was from in Sunnyside, Houston, Texas. And I like how, because that, what Jamal said, and also what Devin had said, his story, both of those stories align with the work that I produce. Because in my community at a very young age, you have to make these conscious and adult decisions because it it was mostly mothers. It was a, uh, it was like low income housing. And it was like a community full of mothers and, you know, some of them was on drugs. Some of them wasn't supporting the kids. Some of them was just, you know. And as a child, you know, uh, when the lights come on, you go in the house. And we all, had those, we all had those friends that their parents, didn't, their mother didn't care what time they came in. So those were the ch- kids that would have to make those grown-up decisions. Like, what are we going to eat today? Am I really going to? I have to watch my brother and sister uh, when my mother goes to work. Or I have to watch them in general type thing. We all have those decisions to make. And then you're like, damn, do I want to be like these cool kids that's selling drugs and they dress real good? How do I see myself? And at, it's all about the moral compass that is given to you and that you create. Uh, and it's also designed and helped design by your parents, mm-hmm. which is an important role. And that's why I love, praise my mother so much because she, uh, life-changing thing, um, she, because uh, my mother was, a, uh, she became a Christian too. Mm-hmm. So she introduced me to the Bible and she would have these Bible studies with me, and that's what also helped me navigate through my life and, and in my neighborhood. Because 
like I, t- I shared some stories with you, a uh, life-changing story was I've seen people get shot. I saw grown men get shot in my face. Like a kid shouldn't have to, anybody, no one should see have to see somebody get shot mm-hmm. under any circumstances. And as a kid, that really like changed my life on that. Damn, I don't want to be a rapper no more. I don't want to be mm-hmm. in this neighborhood no more. After all I experienced in there, in that neighborhood growing up, it was just, it was too, it was chaotic. And I remember when I met you in grad school and you told me your explanation or the why you came to grad school, you was just like, man, I've seen the bottom. You feel me? Either I'm going to come here and I'm going to fall straight forward or I'm going to fall back because at least I know if I fail, I know when I go home, I know mm-hmm. what I'm, you know, I know what I can be used to. Mm-hmm. You feel me? You don't know the possibilities until you actually try. That's why sometimes I get upset when I hear people say that college isn't for everybody when they haven't even tried. And mm-hmm. and, and what Devin just brought up, the question is, are you there? Like, what did, what did, what did you say? Are you going to ask a real question? Did you do everything? Did you turn the mirror on yourself? Thank you. Did you do everything? Mm-hmm. Like, it's easy to say it's not for me, but did you at least try? And if you did, did you try again and again? Because you can't get far in this life without failing and trying again. That's how everybody, everybody has a plan. Everybody has their own plan and everybody has their own time where they will they will settle for anything. You don't see any millionaire that says, oh, I failed and that was it. Oh, I got it right the first time and that's why I'm a millionaire. No, he failed and failed and failed. It was plenty of people that didn't believe in him when he believed in himself. Mm-hmm. So it's all about discipline. It's just like I relate that to my practice. They'd be like, oh, you draw really well. Like, wow, why don't you? Everybody's an artist. It's just the discipline. Do you do you have enough discipline to keep going? Or you have enough discipline to say, okay, I'm an abstract artist. Okay. Uh, but yeah, you have to keep going. Everybody has their own level of, you know, commitment or success or what they can tolerate. When I finally understood what life was and how life is, that was li- a life-changing moment. And my mother helped me realize that moment. And the people in my neighborhood as well, because I saw the the consequences of, I was very observant. So I saw the consequences of everyone's actions. That's one of my favorite things to look at. I asked someone, what are five, three to five things that you love looking at? I love looking at love. Mm. I love seeing things grow, mm-hmm. whether it be people, plants, any animals, anything. And I love, I love the the cause and effect of some things. Mm. So, effect, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> so that's what I love. And when I when I realized that, I understood like where where I'm at in life, where I sh- where I should be, where I want to be in life. I know I don't want to end up dead. I know I don't want to get so high on a drug one day that I'm stuck in an emotional and mental state for the rest of my life. We all seen those people in our neighborhoods that took a bad dose of drugs and they're happy for the rest of their life, talking to themselves the rest of their life, mad and talking to themselves, walking down the block the rest of their life. Can you imagine being stuck in an emotional state like that on a drug because of a drug and walking down the street homeless or half naked? That's, that's messed up. And I knew that wasn't the life for me just to be cool my coolness was being who i was if i was like if i wanted to wear an orange shirt with brick colored pants that's what i was going to do 
And my mother, she always supported me. She, it was never a moment where she was just like, you know, artists don't make money. And if she did, I really didn't remember that because it's probably one time. She, uh, it was millions of times where she said, keep going. Mm -hmm. And even like the people in my neighborhood, when I showed them that, it was just like I played basketball in the neighborhood. You know, the athletes always get a pass in bad neighborhoods. You feel me? They're like, oh, shit, he got a future. We going to let him make it. We ain't going to jump him. We ain't going to shoot him. Mm-hmm. So that's what it was. That was like, in comparison, that was it when I showed them my art. Like, wow, you're drawing black people. Mm-hmm. I don't really see black people. When I did go to school, I see, I saw, you know, white people painted. So that, that's what it was to me. That was life-changing. Even that was life-changing. And everywhere I went throughout my life, they just said, keep going. Unco- unconsciously, I never really paid attention. You'd be like, oh, that's good. Keep going. But as the person that I am today, I look back on that and I see that I, I really did listen to those people because I, I knew what I wanted and I knew who I wanted to be. So I just kept going. And half the battle we already know is showing up. That's all you have to do. You have to have discipline. And like I always say, my, my preacher sermon was the will. Will over skill. You have all the skill in the world, but do you have the will to keep going? That's a fact. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that was, to me, that was my life-changing moment, all of this. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. And that's it for the Red Door Podcast, ladies. <laughs> <laughs> but I would, I would call, I would call it, um, to, to the forefront. Like, you mm-hmm. know, one of the things my grandmother had said, my great-grandmother, you know, Rest of all, she passed away Amen. a few years ago. But one thing that she told her mother and mm-hmm. her her children and, and her grandchildren is that nothing beats a failure but a try. Mm-hmm. You will not fail if you even put an effort to try. You didn't fail if you tried. Right. You just learned something. Mm-hmm. And if the smart ones understand that if I try and try again, I'm going to continue to learn some more things. Mm-hmm. Quote, unquote, air quotes, right? I'm going to fail and fail and fail. And I'll learn some new things from my mistakes. But I feel like nothing's a failure. It's just trial and error. And for us as being plopped on this earth for the very first time and and the last time, what do we know? Mm -hmm. We're only being taught to what we're given. We can only um, rationalize to what it is that we're given Mm -hmm. in real time. So this this life and this experience is extremely incremental. Mm -hmm. We only been taught what we've been given. Ain't that crazy? When you pop out right out your mother's womb and you're black, oh, you like fried chicken. Oh, you like watermelon. Oh, you're a minority. You're Hispanic. Oh, you're going to cut grass. Are you going to make time? Like that's, and that, and then when you have those friends, you have a white friend or Asian friend as a child, you're so innocent. You love each other. Like, wow. And then you grow up in this world and you, you realize like, oh, the world says, that it's like that fox and the hound disney mm-hmm. film. yeah and then you look at each other different when you grow up it's yeah. like wow then, i had that experience but then i can question uh-huh have you forgotten what you've been given mm. have you forgotten but we didn't get a chance to hear robin yeah 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 well, we're uh-huh. gonna <laughs> but we're gonna we're gonna get into that we were gonna get into that vortex robin i was in we all of that conversation well we can we that conversation wanted to you know we give you space for that but well since the question was posed, I had gone through, you know, multiple moments in life, multiple life-changing moments. But then I thought about what was the most pivotal for me. In 2018, 
my father passed away and my parents were divorced so our relationship was a, a distant relationship because like he lived in Florida we lived in Louisville and so it was just it was that but over time we grew closer even though the distance was always the same right but what I learned from my father's death was the type of woman I wanted to be and the type of life that I wanted to to walk in and to live. All of that was devastating. The whole the whole thing was devastating. But and I, I could go into it, but it would it, we would be here for a long time for me to like run down the timeline and everything, everything that I was feeling because I can do that. I don't stop doing that. That is something that I do every year around the same time. I go through those same emotions just in a different way. But and they don't they don't really stop. But they they kind of like subside until it's time for the cycle again and but i will say what i've learned is i wanted to live a life that was seriously committed to walking in love because that's the type of person my father was that's the type of person my mother is that is what i knew the legacy that i would want to leave so when I saw like everybody coming into the wake, everybody coming into the funeral, everybody who had anything to say about my dad, for the most part, it was about how loving he was. And I knew that that's what I wanted to do when I started, you know, thinking about the life that I was walking and thinking about like, what does that mean though? Like, what does, what does living a life of love mean? Mm -hmm. And how do, how do you walk in that every day? And how do you 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 put that on every day? And it is something that I, like, I kind of struggle with it because of the fact of, you know, how I see myself and how I view myself. Because low self-esteem has been me for a long time. So having to learn how to truly love yourself in a way that you can know, you can not only, you know, extend that grace to yourself, but to other people as well. Because it's, it's true, you can't really love other people uninhibited until you accept yourself 100% for who you are. And so it's like having to learn that and walk that every day. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, and I have this written in my on, on, on my wall in my room, it's like the steps to that, pay attention, be thankful, live life in love mm. because you can't live your life in love if you're not living in thanksgiving mm -hmm. you can't properly live in thanksgiving if you don't pay attention mm. so you have to mm. like open your eyes to what's going on around you you have to see your blessings you have to know who am i surrounded by like yesterday was the opening to a show that i had worked a, a lot for and there was a part of myself that Beforehand, I wasn't hype about it. It was more like, I don't know if it was, do I, you know, deserve this? Is this really about me? If like it was just a bunch of 
anxiety, but also like, cause I'm I'm not I'm not used to that. Like I'm not used to that that sort of setting where it feels like a celebration of the work that I've done or where it's just solo. It's not like a group show, and so that felt strange. It felt odd, and I'm in this space. And then I, I just keep seeing people that some people I didn't expect to see, but they were all coming there to see my work and to see me. And the people who couldn't come messaged me. The people who wanted to be there let me know about that. And so being able to accept that and like really be in that without feeling a certain way about it there, there would have been a point in my life where it wouldn't have been a moment of joy for me. It would have been me second guessing everything. Why are these people really, that, that can't really be. And like all of these things. But until like I started to do more of the work and started to understand more of what it really means to love and to love oneself and to extend that to other people then I could enjoy moments like that and I could be in it and I could pay attention and I could be grateful and I could feel the love that was being put on me, but also like reflected back. Mm -hmm. And so I learned that from my father and his life. I learned that from my relationship with my mother. I learned that from the people around me. And that's something that I want to continue on. Like I want that to be my legacy whatever life that I'm living right now, I want it to just be a hundred thousand million fold. Like I don't want to stop. Like, and it wasn't until my father passed away that I realized exactly what path I wanted to be on mm. and how I want that to reflect in the work that I do, not just the artwork that I make, but I want to, we were talking before, I want to create a platform for people. I want something that will last, that no matter who tries to tear it down, mm -hmm. they can't. Because it's built on a foundation of love. Mm. So, mm -hmm. yeah. That was beautiful. Building a foundation of love. Life changing. It's, it's really hard um, to want to choose. I guess what comes against natural feelings of loss and grief, it, to choose an outlook that is putting your rocks and putting all your marbles in positivity and love and good outlooks and non-cynicalism. It takes a lot of effort as you know more things, as life continues to either, you know, surprise you in all its beautiful ways and even maybe let you down in some other ways the the choice of reclaiming your power to how you feel because of this truth is a very difficult thing to do as you learn more about how this world really is and where your place is in this world it's a very difficult path um, and what we um yeah, so I, I, I applaud you in your uh, resilience, in your power towards taking a message 
from a circumstance that was not really an easy one for you, I would assume. Um, so, yeah, my uh, my heart's with you on that. Um, and it's a really powerful stance you have um, because it's not that's not the default stance that one would take toward disappointments like that. I think I also know misery. Mm -hmm. I know pain. Mm -hmm. I know grief. I've known these things. You know, like I know what it feels like to have a person you love betray you. Mm -hmm. I know what it's like to have people walk out of your life and not really know 100% why. I know what rejection feels like. And I've been running from rejection for a long time because it's like, I don't want it to get me, but mm -hmm. girl has been here. Like, what are you talking about? Mm -hmm. And so, and I know what it's like to reject yourself. Mm-hmm know that pain like my my work is that pain and so I, I understand those things so it's like do I have to be that forever <laughs> it's like I don't want to live in misery for the rest of my life no. I know misery mm -hmm. and it's not fun yeah I want to laugh yeah. I want to enjoy things and I want I want I want this for other people I want I really genuinely do and I've, like I've said, I pray for those people. I try to, not always, but I try to pray for those people who I feel like have let me down in a way because maybe they didn't mean to let me down. I mean, like, life ain't about me. <laughs> and I had to learn that as well. And that's a, something I'm still learning right now. Like, it ain't all about you, Robin. Calm down, you know? And my mom says that too. Like, I guarantee you, they're more on their mind than you are. You know, even in their pain, even in whatever it is that they say to you, their misery is what's at the forefront. And so mm -hmm. I just rather, I'd rather get the beauty out of the ashes. I'd much rather have the beauty out of the ashes. That's what ceramic says, right? Yeah, shout out to Robin and her solo show yesterday. So I got this uh, <coughs> tattoo. Actually, Luhan did this tattoo. Luhan. Mm -hmm. Wow, it's so beautiful. And it's her, like it's her drawing and everything. But when I saw it, I was like, "This is this ain't me. It's a vessel." Hmm. And when I think about the body as vessel and the purpose of the vessel, like we i mean we're we're dirt basically mm -hmm. humans well yeah i believe that's actually one of the things that i think about with ceramics as being one of the most grounding material and, and, and if anyone is listening to whatever belief system that you hold i'm not holding to mind but i i believe in the creation story of adam and eve and if man derives and if women derive from dust then clay is that right and exactly. so you know, our body from ashes to ashes, dust to dust, from the birth of ashes, we return to dirt. And the cycle continues. But there's so much beauty in that cycle mm -hmm. as well, which is also as, as much misery can come from life. There is still that rebirth. And there's the beauty of the cycle. And so I think that's another reason why my father's death as long as as much as it was something that hurt <laughs> it's also something that gave me a gift 
And his life gave me, I'm not just saying his death gave me a gift. No, his death changed my perception. That was not, that was a different gift. His life gave me a foundation. Mm. So his life, my mother, even in their divorce, I saw love. Love for me, love for each other. Like, there's never been black and white. Like, mm. it's always been gray because mm. of the fact that... It's a good mix. So. Yeah. So I can't not live in a way where it's like, what else can I get from this? So I'm, I'm a Christian, so I, I have that, that hope and that foundation that's been built in. And I got, I got all of that from my parents, my grandparents, both sides of the family. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah I I have I have a spiritual ties to Christianity. I'm a believer, and it's a it's a it's one of those things that I can afford to not carry on my utility belt as I move forward in in life. It's um whether it's steeped in what um to whatever you be, whatever your beliefs are. I'm not holding your beliefs again to my beliefs. Anyone that is listening out there, but I do know that my foundation. And even in my work and even just for how I rationalize my life, there has to be a spiritual element. There has to be an, an animism or spiritual presence that that guides to why or maybe makes sense to why this reality is what we're experiencing and why the beautiful things that are inside this experience can happen. It, I, I can't afford to not believe that there is divine intervention to a lot of what we're experiencing. Right. Um, even to how we are protected through right. certain things like right. divine protection, divine planning, divine intervention, right place, right time, mm. whatever that is. The people that you're surrounded by, the conversations that I've had with folks who I never thought I would have those conversations with or just being in a room with people that I, if you'd have asked me years ago, just even two years ago, would I have been in that room? Mm -hmm. Like, because it's like, God knows these people. <laughs> and if I'm connected to the source, then why would he not put me in contact with who I need to be in contact with when mm -hmm. I need to be in contact with them? Right. And so just for me personally, yes, that that's how I, I choose to view my life and I choose to view situations and even this conversation. Um, finding the the divine and the beauty in it well you know going back to what i said earlier it's like going on that same topic it's the fact that like we're all having this common interest and like even before we came here i was like man i love artists because not in, i not just love artists like love my friends it's just because you know it's the, the the stories are so different but they're so similar and again like I talked in previous times about getting on that path. And there's so many people that have found their light, walked out of the mist and are on that path. Mm -hmm. Y'all are all going to the same place. And that is, that is a fact. The belief systems, even though they are different, that source is still the same thing. Mm -hmm. And then you're all connecting and it's all, you're always going to be in the room with the right people because y'all not in the fog no more. Somebody in that, on that pathway is it's guided. They they got out of that section. So now they are all, and this is just the crazy thing about like going back to it, how I met y'all and how we're all connected and how we keep finding like-minded people in the same spaces because we're all all on this center path. 
And some of people are, some people are coming back. Some people are riding, some people are flying, some people are jump roping, some people walking, some people crawling. But at the end of the day, <laughs> but seriously, at the end of the day, man, everybody got to get through how to get to it. And then some people need help on the path. But I mean, the, the blessing is that you made it out the fall and you found the light. You feel me? Amen. So it's, 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 it's just interesting because you start hearing it a lot between your peers and people you know, you be like, yeah, man, it's so crazy. It's like divine intervention that we all mean each other. Oh, oh, it's divine, all right. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's a fine line between divine, you know? <laughs> so it's kind of just like we are on that line, that soul line, that spirit line. You know what I mean? We are on that train. So at the end of the day, I see it as everything is just right. But even being conscious of the fact that there is that spirit, that spirit mm-hmm. line. Mm-hmm. I feel like that in and of itself is a blessing because a lot of people try to deny it. Mm. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's one of the things that Jack Whitten has has written. I don't, I don't remember where exactly, but it was, it was written in, in his book, Notes from the Woodshed. And in one of these entries, he, he writes that, like, I cannot afford to not believe in God. Mm. Jack Whitten wrote this. Wow. I don't know what year it was, but it is in Notes from the Woodshed, and he mm-hmm. does say, I cannot afford to not believe yeah. in God. It's definitely For so. whatever it is that I, for whatever reason that I'm granted these, these accomplishments slash blessings, I, there's no way that I can believe that it's on my being solely. There has to be an other added element that gives way to why I can even be a catalyst for those things. You know, I'm in a space where I'm making work and I'm elated. I'm surprised by the fact that my hand and cognition to execution can, can be one-to-one, you know, or even surpass what it is I can even fathom in my brain. Like that communication is so I don't know what that is like that it's it still surprises me this is why it's why i go to the studio every day and i try to push these paintings and my work to to whatever ends because i'm i'm always chasing that like that point of being surprised by wow did i do this mm-hmm. you know that that out of you after you come out of that outer body trance and you, and you sit back and you you look at what you did and you like and you and you, and you kind of size it up and you'd be like, wow, like, where was I? Where was I during this time? Like, mm-hmm. I wasn't here on earth. I was probably somewhere here on earth, somewhere in between the heavens and the sky and, and ground. But wherever I was, it did some shit. <laughs> you know? Somewhere that time did not exist. You know what I'm saying? And, but I came back down and, and that's, what, that's what I love about the art practice. That's what I love about being an artist is, is, is being constantly surprised by oneself. Is you said, Jamal, that David Sally says we're in the age of the baby, right? Always looking at things for the with new, fresh eyes. Mm-hmm. I, I I really sat with that, and that's why I feel like my practice is like a journey for myself and for anyone else because I'm trying to see some new shit. Like mm-hmm. I want to see some shit I ain't never seen before, mm-hmm. or I want to do some things that I, I never even, I don't even know that I have in me to do. Mm-hmm. We'll just we'll, yeah. we'll see. I hear that, like, for real, for real. Going in my life and thinking about the journey that I'm on, whether it's emotional, spiritual, whatever, 100,000%, I wouldn't see something that 
even my biggest imagination couldn't fathom. And I know that it's possible and I, I feel that it's going to happen. I may not know how it's going to happen, but I've also had some stuff happen to me that, girl, you didn't expect that, did you? Mm-hmm. Like, your show didn't. Oh, yeah. So it's like, I already know it's possible. So 100,000%, I want that for myself, for my artwork, but not just for for just how I live my life. I want to do something extraordinary. Mm. Yeah. Mm. yeah. That's how you make this experience seem worthwhile. Yeah. That's why I'll be researching about Bigfoot. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we reached the point of the night where Squatch enters the building. We're talking straight about, talking about Bigfoots now from, fuck the art shit, we're talking about Bigfoots from now on. You know what I mean? It's Bigfoot, it's Bigfoot season. Bigfoot, the year Duck Bigfoot. season, rabbit season, no. It's Bigfoot, Bigfoot, nigga. The Wookiee, y'all. The Wookiee. The Wookiee, the skunk. Black ape, the gorilla man. Why? <laughs> the Yeti. The Yeti. The Yeti. Oh, yeah. The Yeti, you know? <laughs> I'm joking, I'm teasing. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, so, Brinson, take the wheel before we go somewhere else. Okay, right. <laughs> Come on, where are we going? Come right? on. We went to the moon and. And under the earth, I do, go, I do have one. I do, I do have, I do talk have one. Talk to us quick. Don't you know talk to us slick. And, and this is this is this is the jump. This is the jump topic, but it might be on the same. Key. Okay, we down for it. And this is a very interesting one because we okay. are we are like we are on this light path, as mm-hmm. we know. We are in a world that's that's timeless. We all have felt that moment in the studio and doing are doing this practice where time didn't exist, which it doesn't. That is a construct of reality and what we see because it doesn't actually exist. So when you look at it, if you had to redo things, you had you had a ground zero point. Okay. Would you do the same? What what would would you do the same thing the same way, or do you see yourself? You could have did something else that's out of this this narrative that is your being right now. Like not an artist. What is there? Is there another? In an alternate universe. Okay, okay so this Spider-Man. isn't a question like if you could go back in time and do things <laughs> differently. This, this, this is this more is, like yeah. a. It, no, it kind of is. If if you're in, if you're in the beginning a baby, you haven't figured out exactly what you want to do, but yeah. you had the choice to do anything you want to do. Well, would it be the same thing? Yeah, it's your calling. Yeah, I was it's gonna say for me, like I've already. Terry Atkins, it's your calling. <laughs> I've already ran away from art mm. a couple of times. Mm. I've already threatened to quit more than a couple of times. It, and it's always come back. There are certain things that, yeah, if there's an alternate universe with another Robin, she's probably on somebody's stage dancing. Mm. She's she's either a ballerina or some sort mm. of dancer of some sort. That is a dream that I never let go of. Mm. Even though my my actual path didn't go that way, however, it's still art. It's still artistic. There's a another Robin who's in somebody's concert playing the violin right now, probably even the cello, and who knows what other instruments. Hmm. But it's still an artist. My whole point is, I don't see, I can't conceive a universe where I'm not doing something creative. 
I can't conceive a universe where I'm not creating something. I can't conceive a, a Robin who's, you know, not trying to use whatever gifts she has to create something that's bigger than herself. Yeah. So in that respect, no, <laughs> I, 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 there, there, it would be the same. It would just be done differently. And you know, this is why I pose this question to artists because oh it gosh. is the most interesting <laughs> thought process as an artist is fulfilling most of the time the purpose of creation, right? And that's like you know a, a formula of reality. So I'm I'm asked, I'm I'll keep going around and I I share I share what I have to say. <laughs> Ooh. There's another Princeton out there. Mm. Very dangerous. Oh, right. <laughs> lethal. <laughs> Very dangerous. Very lethal. But if there's another Jamal Peterman out there. <laughs> oh, oh. Spot him, got him. <laughs> oh, beat me up. <laughs> I know somewhere somebody's getting gunked. Some land getting gunked. <laughs> somebody get a spear through their fucking sternum at some point. <laughs> <laughs> what do you call it? Another universe? What, what uh, parallel universe. This man gonna be there will be the blood. multiverse. Actually, I actually a also believe we're not even gonna get into that one. He might be well, I'm saying like <laughs> I'm can, sorry, go on in another vortex. There's also a warrior Robin out there mm, yeah, somewhere. Mm, she's she's definitely out there somewhere. But you know, just all. Just, I didn't mean to cut you off. When, when I when I when I pose this question, I think about the reality that we're, we're grown. Right, we have landed in us our being. Right, mm-hmm. so when I the reason why I pose this question because I want you to take yourself in the same mentality right now as an adult and ground zero yourself as you came on this earth as a baby. That's why I said earlier that you forget what you was given when you was born, mm-hmm. and then now you learn a construction. I believe right. That. So so just going going back to that going back to that aspect. You're older now and you can see reality and you can see what's success, what's love, what's power, what's all these things. And you can do it over. Bam, you're a baby. And you got the same mentality. What would you do? That's the question. Oh. What would you, you know. More, you, would, you be more cons- would you be like, all right, I did what I did here. I'll go straight beeline to these moments where it works. Yeah, I'll just go straight to the... the so you just I'll, go to the beeline moments. And you're just like, boom, execution, boom, execution, boom, execution. You, you, execution. <laughs> but you get the chance to do anything, though. You, you're, 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 you, get the, you get the chance to do anything. Yeah, you're you're is your memory stripped? Is your memory stripped? Is your memory stripped? Is your memory stripped? No, we still like, have the memory. You still have do you believe, the memory. Or do, wait, you navigate, have the memory, right? Navigate. That's Ooh. the thing. Oh, the BS, right? Well, so guess what I was saying. Memory has to be stripped. Would you believe in that there are roller rollover lives? Like, do you believe that in lifetimes that you do not that you are reborn until you complete your life's mission, your soul's life mission? Do you believe in that? I've heard. I've heard oh, no, that is that is a thing. That, you mean that, in um, the Buddhism? That mm-hmm. too, yeah, you know that that's mm-hmm. it, those elements in there in that religion, but that people have said and some people believe that you are. And this is not based on Hinduism, where it's a karmetic, you know. Like, mm-hmm. okay, freaking, okay, okay, okay. Um, but it would be based on like I'm cognizant of my previous lives mm-hmm. throughout the generations of that I've lived, and they say that your livelihood and your soul's mission, your life's mission, is complete when you do not regenerate back into the world, like you transcend, you actually go to wherever you need to be. You don't come back when you are on your life's mission. 
you know, one crazy thing to to counteract that moment. They called us the they call us the hero generation, right? The and then they call generation. us the hero generation because we chose to come back to help people. Hmm. So we know. Right. We didn't it wasn't it, oh my it God, was we, we, we chose it out real quick, you know, we chased it out real quick. Um, we chose we are we are what they call the angels and we chose to come back to help people. <laughs> prison prison's calling cap. Cap Oh, that's cap. He did quick too, like <laughs> he, he choked on a drink. Yeah, he called Cap in his throat. He said, and it, if you really want to get, if you really want to get mystical with it, that's why some people feel like they don't want to be here. Like I feel like I'm not a part. Like I like I, you know, you have some people that just be like, I'm just this is just not my generation. What happened was you was at that gate and they said your ass need to get back and they Spartan Joe ass out of there. He was like, damn no, <laughs> go down there and help somebody. We need you down there to help these people. And it was like, come on, I don't want to stay. I want to go back. <laughs> And feel pain and stuff again. You know what I mean? Wow. I don't know. You know. It's like I ain't supposed to be here. Right. <laughs> I'm worried about my last mission. I feel like I'm not going back. Like I'm trying to go to wherever the hell it is. I mean, not the hell it is, but you know, you know what I mean. I'm trying to go to where the where the pearly gates is pearly. You know what I'm saying? Well, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna turn this mic over, man. I'm sorry. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Red Door Podcast. Please like, share, and subscribe with us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Also, don't forget to follow us on Instagram at the Red Door Podcast. You can shoot us an email about this or any other episode at thereddoorpodcast at gmail.com. Again, we thank you for listening, and always remember, you are welcome here.